All right. So for those of you who um, may not know, these two wonderful people are Chris, Hannah, and baby Judah. And they are the Joins family. Now, you have never really seen them on a Sunday morning, and it's because they live in Oklahoma. Okay? Though they live in Oklahoma, Hannah is someone that the Lord has just blessed us with, um, I guess, coming on, coming on two or three years? Coming on two years, who is a virtual assistant in Oklahoma. So by the time uh, Pastor Me and I uh, had had our, our uh, fifth child's last child, our last child, By the time we had lace, some of you know this, we were, we, uh, Lord bless us with a great delivery with lace. We were home. We were doing the prayer calls. I was literally running back and forth. I hit a place and I reached out to our board and I said, look, uh, this, we got to do something. And so we were able to find um, a company called Belay that Hannah works for. And Hannah works maybe two hours maybe two hours, Monday through Friday, in a, in a certain window of time in Oklahoma. So every single email that gets sent, I mean, I would say like 95%. All that posting, social media stuff, why some of you get like incredibly quick responses is because Hannah is here helping me hold it down. She's not here, but she is here. Yeah, so can we thank God for her for sure? Um, and just has been an, an absolute, absolute blessing. Sitting beside her is her husband, Chris, who also turns out to be a youth pastor. But we are not low-key recruiting them here, okay? Okay, <laughs> you know. No, 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 no. No, uh, he turns out to be a youth pastor, and they serve at New Hope Church. And we have been just through a lot in the short time we have been working together. Uh, God bless you, buddy. One of, the, one, one of the beautiful things that we have been through that will bless you to hear and know more about is the journey from uh, a miscarriage of a baby to this beautiful guy right here. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, we kind of knew he would be like this. We, we kind of knew. Um, so what I want to do is get them to share a little bit of the story of overcoming the disappointment of a miscarriage. The principles that they're going to share are going to apply to any area where we have experienced loss, devastation, waste, where there have been ashes. And I want us to hear what the Lord is saying to us because the Lord is trustworthy. He's trustworthy. When we saw Jesus in the scripture... We saw a man who is acquainted with grief, who is acquainted with disappointment, who knew how to keep moving forward to his destiny, moving forward on the cross, toward the cross amidst disappointment. Are you with me? We're talking about a real savior, right? We're not talking about somebody who's not acquainted with what we're actually going through. And so as we're listening and as we're praying through, remember Jesus and the disappointment that he overcame. So that he could say to the Father, nevertheless, but my, your will be done. Not my will, but yours. I'm going to complete 
the course that you have called me to. Somebody say complete the course. Yeah, there are folks in here right now who have stalled out because disappointment has been so great in your life that you think that disappointment is an excuse to just stay stuck. And that is not who God has called us to be. The things that we're walking through and we've been through, they are real, but God is just that much more real, that much more able and capable. And so I want to start with you, Chris. What you, you guys were pregnant for the first time. You guys experienced the miscarriage. What is happening? What is going on in your brain? How did you handle this, this epic loss? Can you guys hear me? Oh, sweet. Awesome. Uh, yeah, like Dennis said, my name is Chris. Um, blessing to be here. Uh, if you guys don't know, you have an incredible pastor. I just want to start with that. <laughs> He did not uh, ask me to do that, but, man, you guys are blessed. I'll pay uh, you later. Yeah. We'll work it out. Crypto. Um, but, no, yeah, uh, 2019 um, was supposed to be a year of, well, really, 2020 was supposed to be a year of excitement. Um, and 2020 didn't go as planned. Obviously, COVID hit. Um, but on, on top of that, in 2019, around the Christmas holiday um, we lost our first child, um, and, and I wish I could say that I was this uh, amazing husband in that moment. Um, it was early in the morning, and I like my sleep, um, and, and Hannah is, is, is dealing with this, and my flesh came out and just was like, just go to bed. It's nothing, um, and so a lot of my struggle with it was having to come back from that and be like, wow, I... In a moment when my wife needed me, I let my flesh get in the way of I want sleep um, because I was exhausted. Um, she didn't know what was going on either. Um, and so a lot of it, um, you know, that the struggle for me was I didn't have that happen to myself. I was not the one that had my hormones going crazy, um, expecting uh, to have a child. And so for the first part, it was just like, eh. All right, let's move on. Let's go on to our next uh, part of the year. That's um, you know we we're, we're not going to have a baby in 2020, but that's okay. Um, but then it just really started uh, to to wrestle in my brain of of you know we were expecting this child, we were excited for this child, we were going to raise this child right, we were going to. Um, teach them about the Lord and, and see God do mighty things. And, you know, my flesh was like, well, God said no. Um, and, I would, and I would sit there and watch these people that um, did not care um, have babies and have babies easily and be like, God, why would, why would you not let two people who love you and who would raise this, this, this child right, why would you not allow us to do that? Um, and, and it was a it was a hard time for me of of you know I've wanted more than anything the moment we got married even just growing up to be a father and to 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 get excited for that moment and then just have it ripped away was was hard. Oh, you're good. She's spinning crazy, but but yeah, I think for me the the struggle was you know why don't why why can't we have that. And then, I mean, 
obviously he's about to turn one, so if you do the math, we had to wait almost three years um, for God to bless us with a child. And, and there was these moments where we were like, okay, I guess it's not going to happen. Um, and that was hard for us, and that was hard for me, uh, more importantly, of, of just sitting there and saying, God, I want to be a father, and you've given me this desire. Um, and are you going to go, th- are you going to pull through with that? Are you going to, are you going to come through for me to allow me to be a father? Um, and that was a, that was a real struggle for me yeah. of, you know, it wasn't that we weren't actively trying, um, cause we were, um, and, and it just wasn't happening. And we were like, what, what's God going to do? Um, so yeah, that was, that was a lot of, a lot of hard, um, moments for us. Yeah, it was hard. And, and one of the things you shared, um, before today, but even now, was that this thing happened, and you you essentially were numb to it. Just just could not really process it. When did you start to actually process the disappointment? Mm. Yeah, I don't know if there was like a real like um, man March twenty first whatever, right, but right, it right. was. I think as we were watching, um, you know. People that we knew that had been either married right after us or or not even married at all or whatever. And as we're watching them and, and, and we caught ourselves of having to almost kind of get off of social media um, because there were these moments where it should be celebration of someone getting to to have a child to be blessed with a child should have been a, a, a moment of celebration. I, I found myself angry and I found myself bitter of. Why them? Are you kidding me? Like, they just got married, and on the honeymoon, they get a baby? Like, what? Um, and so it was hard for us, of, and, and I think it was in that moment, as I begin to see these beautiful testimonies and be mad about it, I was like, man, something's, okay, maybe it's not something that I've just pushed off, and I've been holding things and needing to work through things. Um, and it was then that I, that I began to to realize something that the church and the Christian culture they don't teach us well is if you have questions, if you are are doubting God in a particular moment, you hear the phrase "You don't have enough faith." Then, mm, so sad. And you know, as someone that's in the church and someone that's went to school to to be in the church and be a minister. There's even this other expectation of, hey, Chris, you can't doubt in that moment. And, and I started to really realize, man, God is not scared of my questions. And if I think that God is too small for my struggle to understand his plan, then what does that say about who I think God is? And so I started to, to look in Scripture of these, these honest and real prayers, and God didn't turn from them. He actually was like, Come on, like he's not scared of the questions you guys might have of and, and, and it dep- it's it works for any situation mm-hmm. of, you know, we don't see the big picture um, and there are things that happen in our life that don't make sense. And what's even amazing uh, or even more amazing about God is he's a God that says, man, bring me your questions. I will help you in your unbelief. And that was a That wow. was a big just prayer I continued to, to ask God for two years as we waited for God to, to give us 
something that we both desired, both wanted. And I said, you know what, God, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, understanding, and, and frankly, I don't know what you're doing, and I would not do it this way. So help me. Help me in my unbelief right now, because uh, I know you're good. I know all those, those church answers, but I need you to help when my flesh is, is struggling mm-hmm. with what I do know. You know, um, one of the things you said that I want to make sure we heard is that someone else's joy made you angry. And that was one of the signs or indicators that I haven't dealt with some things because I'm on social media and I'm seeing other people experience a joy that I would like. And instead of being able to be happy with them, I'm angry. And so wherever you are, I want to make sure we really catch this. If when you hear good news about something, if it is angering you, if it's making you upset, please take the next step and look underneath that anger. Because what you're going to find is some disappointment. And it hasn't been processed. And it needs to be processed. It needs to be dealt with. Are you all with me? I really appreciated you sharing that like that. And, I mean, you can see these guys are awesome, and they just they keep it real. And I'm, and I'm so grateful for that because uh, that's what we need so that we can move forward. We need the honesty. Yeah, because we don't get the healing we need from being fake and pretending like everything's okay when it ain't okay. When it ain't okay. Um, now that you have done your awesome mother job and gotten Judah to, of course, the baby whisper in the back, you are mama. You are experiencing all these hormonal changes. You are, um, and you're, you might mention, you had some pre-existing things that were kind of going on as well. You have a miscarriage. How in the world, what, what, what did you do? To deal with that, what did you do? Honestly, at first, there were just mostly a lot of tears, a lot of um, confusion. Um, I was a lot quicker to grieve, I think, because my body was actually going through it. Um, There was definitely a lot of prayer that went into dealing with it. Um, But more than that, when I couldn't even find the words to pray, I made a playlist and I titled it Pain, and I put all these songs on there that reminded me of God's faithfulness, um, and it reminded me that regardless of what I'm going through, like, he's constant, he's the same, and so um, I still have that playlist to this day, and I jump back into it because the grief still comes, you know, like, it, it never completely goes away, it comes in waves, and it gets easier to manage as time goes on, but it's always there, and so um, worship music has been my number one go-to, um, and then therapy as well. We started therapy about a year after it happened, I think, and um, just processing through that with somebody who was there solely to listen to how I was feeling was um, just invaluable. Like, that is a big part of what's gotten me through, and then going together to counseling. We went to marriage counseling as well because um, learning to communicate about how we're feeling and not holding the other person to the same standard of, oh, I'm feeling this way. He needs to feel this way. We each grieve in our own way, and so I think that's important to give each other space. Yeah, that was beautiful, Hannah. 
Would you just say it one more time because I really want to make sure we capture it because you might be sitting in here and you have some relationship. Maybe it's a sibling relationship. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's even a spouse. And you are holding someone hostage for feeling the way you feel about something when that's not what is necessarily what's healthy or what's right. And your relationship might be stalling out because you're saying, oh, well, you need to feel about this the way that I feel about it. Well, it's like, eh. or it needs to look like you feel the same way. So, and that can be so heavy on a relationship, any relationship in any area. So I guess since I said it, you don't have to say it again. <laughs> but that's just really important in all the dynamics of our relationships. And you also said another thing about going together and learning how to communicate grief with one another, which is something a lot of households are not trained in, which is why churches, churches like ours, uh, counseling, anything that's going to deal with emotional health are so important. Did either of you come from households where you learned to process your grief uh, or to talk about your feelings this way? Did, will you guys talk into that a little bit? Yeah, I would say that um, maybe not to the extent that we do now, but uh, my parents are really pretty good about talking through things. Uh, my dad's a pastor, and um, I've, I had been through like him counseling people, making hospital visits with him, seeing how he interacted with those people and how he... Um, just like gave them room to feel how they were feeling, but that he also pointed them to hope at the same time. Um, and so something Chris and I have done is um, we always communicate with each other. I, I don't need words right now. I just want you to listen, or I do need encouragement right now. Please speak into this. Um, but I definitely think it's important to communicate what your expectation of that person is before you lay a bunch of stuff on them because if they don't respond how you are needing or wanting them to respond then it causes arguments and a More lot problems. of problems mm -hmm. yeah oh wow that's my bad um yeah and for me um I don't know if they'll be watching but we we know it uh, my family knows it um I come a fam from a family that we don't talk about our feelings uh, it is very much anybody seen smallfoot you know just shove it down um, and you just ignore it um, and so for me you know as we got married and as we started dealing with conflict in our marriage and and, and, and trying to figure out how um, both of us came in with a certain dance we learned a family dance that that um, whether it was taught or we just watched it uh, we came in not knowing um, okay, this is how I dance, and this is how she danced. How do we put that together? Um, and that is messy um, and, and hard at first when, like she said, if you have this expectation um, on the other person to do the same same way you do it, and then they don't, and you're like, wow. Like, it already puts you uh, as enemies rather than teammates. And so, like, what, for us, when, when grief was happening, my initial training or what I was taught is, you just move on. Um, I don't want to dwell in it. I don't like dwelling in, in pain and, and, and sorrow. And so I always would be like, Hannah, stop 
dwelling on it. Like, move on. Like, we need to. Or she'd be like, Chris, why aren't you crying? And I'm like, because I don't want to think about it. And, and so there were, there were moments when, um, you know, I was, I was taught um, in my family, we just don't talk through things. And then she would want to talk through things. And I was like, stop. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Um, and which is why it was so important, like she said, of we needed, and we still do, uh, need to just go to counseling and, and learn how to communicate, continue to communicate, because grief's going to continue to come. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, our, our families were totally different. Of You know, her family's like, let's talk and let's sit and, and process. And I was like, nah, that's not, that's not what we do. Um, so, yeah. You know, but one of the beautiful things about... Uh, being born again, about giving our life to Christ, is the reality of being born again. Because sometimes we come from environments that are unhealthy and toxic, but when we're born again, we get a whole new reality of our identity, and we get a whole new reality of knowledge and tools to work with where we can receive more life, life and life to the full, life overflowing. And so with what you shared, I just want to encourage us, it, as people who are born again, let's be people who live born again. Let's break the tie with our origin and the toxicity of our origin, our family of origin, maybe our household practices, traditions, and habits. Let's break ties with that and say, Jesus, you make me over. So in my marriage, I don't want to practice the dysfunction that I came from. I want to practice now the functionality, the health of what the gospel of Jesus Christ offers me right now. And so if you haven't, I want to even just pray into that for just a second because, boy, how much further along would we be if we stopped using the excuse, we didn't do it at my family we didn't do that when I was growing up. I don't know anything about Okay, that's true. But now we've been born again. Now we are, as Second Peter talks about, we are partakers in the divine nature. Now we got the goods. Now we can know better so we can do better. So let me just pray into that real quick. Let's pray into that. Father, we thank you that you have given us a living and real hope. That in our family of dysfunction, wherever it was dysfunctional, we didn't have hope. It just was what it was. But because of your spirit, now we are born again into a living hope where we can walk out what you've given us grace to walk out in your word. Where a husband like Chris could say, I am going to be the husband that Hannah needs by the power of Christ. I'm going to let the old things pass away, and I'm going to let the new things come because I am born again, because God has given me a living hope. He has revealed my true identity. Let us be a people who walk in the newness of what you've done, a born-again people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So you guys are dealing with this in different ways. You're getting counseling. You're learning how to communicate grief to one another. You're learning, oh, I shouldn't put an expectation on this person. I need to actually communicate with this person beforehand 
so that they know, hey, I want a hug. Hey, I need, a, you know, I need some kind of like speaking to me, something. You're learning that. You're practicing it. When did you have the moment of trying again, like on purpose? You, you just had a miscarriage. You're going through all this grieving. How did you even decide to try again? What was that like? Um, well, there were a lot of um, health things going on in my body. I, when I was 17, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And so um, there's been a lot of like up and down with health for me. And so once we miscarried, we were like, well, let's kind of search for some answers and go to the doctor, get some blood work done. And because um, we, we pretty much immediately wanted another baby because there was just such a, a deep hurt. And because of that deep hurt, there was a deep, a deeper desire than even originally. Wow. <clears throat> and so um, during that time of like healing my body and um, all of that, it was kind of excruciating the waiting period because we just wanted to try again. Um, and then once we did try again, and um, that took a while too, um, but once we found out we were pregnant again, there just came a lot of fear with it because we knew, wow, we could go through this again, and what are we going to do if this happens again? Um, do you have yeah, other than that, I mean, we just we were just looking for answers. Um, we know it was common. Like, it, there's no, there was no amount of searching in the world that would give us an answer that would help us. But we just wanted to know why. Like, why, why, why did that pregnancy not work? You know, and 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 even the statistics of it's so common didn't help. And so, I mean, we were definitely like, hey, let's get you figured out because maybe there's something wrong with your body that, that, that God knew that that would not um, be good for you, that, that, that he just had a bigger plan than we could see. Um, and even in our hurt, God was going to do something bigger through that. Um, and did not, we even checked me too. We were like, all right, let's make sure I'm good. You know, like um, a lot of, 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 of couples struggle with infertility. And we were like, well, maybe that's just what's going to happen. So let's figure it out before we continue to put ourselves in those moments. Um, let's figure out all the answers we could. Um, I think the biggest thing that, that we needed, um, and I think Hannah would, would agree with this too, is we couldn't rely on the world to give us the answer. Of even if the world somehow gave us some scientific reason why Hannah went through that wasn't going to be sufficient. We ultimately knew who was in control of our plans, and, and we continued to tell God, okay, look, if us never having a child of our own is going to bring you more glory in the end, it's not going to make it easier, but we're going to trust you in that. There's other ways that we can uh, be fruitful and multiply. There are other ways that we can... Uh, serve you and so if that's if that's where you're leading us and I know a prayer for me was God help me to be okay with that because I'm not right now um, and I think that was that was hard for me to admit that because it almost sounded like I was like um, you know I don't trust you God but it was more of look I, I do and I really genuinely want you to have your way but I need you to help me get there because my heart is not there um, and so do you have something else I just wanted to add that, like, in the midst of us seeking that mindset of trusting the Lord, 
I was personally becoming pretty obsessive with doing everything that I could to make a pregnancy happen. Um, and that obsessiveness and him helping me see that is really what started us looking into counseling because um, I wanted to be in a healthy mental space too, like not just physically, but I needed to heal mentally too. That's good, yeah. Yeah, that was such a blessing to hear you guys sharing that because uh, you might be in here right now. You've, you've suffered the disappointment. You've identified a lot of that anger. And you are, in whatever the area is, getting back on the saddle. And that can be way more intimidating than what has happened. Because it's all the questions of, is this going to happen again? And how the anxiety, if we're not careful, becomes an, an idol. It's like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to try this again, whatever it is. And being honest about oh my goodness, I have a real anxiety about this even as I'm moving forward that I need to process through so that I can, um, and I want to share this scripture with us out of Jeremiah, so that I can keep my confidence, I can keep my eyes on the Lord and not the thing that I'm doing. Hmm. That's real key. Hannah mentioned something, I'm so glad you shared that. Uh, sometimes when we get We've suffered disappointment, and we decide to try again, whatever it is. Sometimes we become obsessive. And it's just so unhealthy. It just, it just is because we just want it so bad. But really, the healthy part, what we're supposed to do is say, God, you are who you say you are. You're going to do what you said you're going to do. I can have what you said I can have. Like you were saying, Lord, whatever you have, I hope it's this, but if not, just help me be okay. That is so hard, but that is, that's the prayer. And it shows that, we were praying yesterday, that deep surrender where it's like, okay, I do know what I want. <laughs> I do know what I want is healthy and it's holy, it's right. And Lord, I'm going to trust you. So take a look at what Jeremiah 17, 7 uh, through eight says it says but blessed is the one who trusts in the lord whose confidence is in him just stay right there for a second go back to that seven but blessed is the one who trusts in the lord whose confidence is in him this is huge repeat it with me but blessed is the one who trusts in the lord whose confidence is in him yeah let's do it one more time just a little louder but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. This is important. This is important, and I'm just going to say it to you as clear as I can. This is how you get what you really want. I hope you're hearing me. You keep your eyes on the Lord and you do your part. But if you're looking so much at the thing that you want, hello, you got an idol. Problem, not going to work. It's going to curse you. It's going to bite you in the butt. But if there's something that you really want, you keep your eyes on the Lord and you do your part wholeheartedly. Amen. 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 This is how you get what you want. Is that, can I say it like that? Is that? Okay, I'm just trying to be as clear as day. And if God doesn't have it for you, he don't have it for you. But if he does, guess what? You're going to have it. 
Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you. Why do I have to keep my eyes on you? Because if I don't keep my eyes on you, this thing's going to become an idol, and I am going to be hopeless. I am going to be hopeless, and I'm going to be so hopeless that I'm going to be filled with resentment. But if I'm looking at you, who you are, if I'm blessing you, then everything that's going to come out of my life, Lord willing, is going to be the fruit of a relationship with you. So if I get in some space someday where I'm giving you glory and I'm giving you praise, it's going to be legit because this thing came from keeping my eyes on you. Not because I'm trying to get the thing. I did my part. I got the thing. But my eyes were on you. Oh, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Read the, let's read the next verse. The people whose confidence is in the Lord, they're like a tree. Somebody say like a tree. Like a tree. Like a tree planted, okay, by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Oh, because anxiety, the end of anxiety is actually fear. That's what we're always trying to grow to. Any anxiety we got is just always trying to get us into fear. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. <laughs> Jesus, may our leaves always be green. It tells me that regardless of the circumstance, the situation, the setback, the disappointment, if my confidence is in the Lord, I'm going to always be green, vibrant, healthy. You just went through a divorce. You just went through a foreclosure. You just went through a bankruptcy. You just lost your job. How are you walking like this? My trust is in the Lord. That's how. It has no worries in a year of drought and never, never, never fails to bear fruit. Oh, my God. <laughs> it has. Okay, read that last line with me, y'all. That last sentence. Go. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Yeah, I hope we get it deep in us. Oh, some of you've got dreams, and today those dreams are no longer going to be idols. Some of you are going through situations right now where you're recognizing, oh, you know what? I can struggle well through this. That's what I call it. You can, I, you can struggle well. Your leaves can be green. You can be healthy all the way through whatever disappointment is knocking at your door that you've suffered. So I want to thank you guys for reminding us of that. So you're going through, and you're, you're getting back on the saddle, and you're like, okay, what are we going to do if this happens again? And I just love your honesty with that, because some of you might be kicking yourself or beating yourself up because you have doubt. Please don't, 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 don't beat yourself up because you got doubt. Please, somebody repeat up to me. I won't, I won't beat myself up, beat myself up because, I doubt. because I doubt. Be free. Is this marriage really going to work? Is, this, is my kid really going to get back on track? 
Is this the... Come on. I hope you get set free. I hope that doubt does not become a torment for you. But that you can be honest before the Lord and say, Lord, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, I don't even know if it's going to work. Oh, Lord. And be able to let and, and relax in the honesty of it. In the honesty of it. So you guys are going through this. Tell us about that moment when you learn you're actually pregnant. Yeah, I'll share from my side, and then if you have anything else to add. Um, yeah, so like she said, we've been trying. Um, we've been actively trying um, for, what, about six months. Um, and, and, and every time we'd find out it didn't, it was hard to go, okay, we got to do it all again, I guess. Like, we, why did the pregnancy happen on a total whim without trying? And now that we are actively seeking it, it's not working. And, and it was the summer of 2020, right? No, 2021. Summer of 2021. Um, we were uh, in the midst of uh, VBS at our church. Um, I was just chilling in our, my, our home office at our house. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Hannah just came up to me and she was like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, what? Um, and this is close to Father's Day. Um, and there was like this moment that I was like, inside I was screaming and jumping. But outside I was like, mm, I don't know. Like we've been trying. This is super exciting. Uh, but but it took us, it took me back at least. Of uh, um, You know, we knew this would possibly be a thing. But now that it is, it's like, oh no, like. Um, now there is a real chance that we're going to go through it again. The other one was just, oh, it's hypothetical. If we get pregnant, okay, whatever. But now that we're pregnant, I might have to walk through that again. Hannah might have to walk through that again. And, I mean, we had gotten to a point of, you know, when we were trying, we're like, hey, if we get pregnant again, and if it happens again, we're done. Um, like, I, I, I couldn't go through that again. I didn't want Hannah's body to have to go through that again. And we're like, you know, we're going to trust God. But if it happens again, we're going to take that as, yeah, let's not. Let's find other avenues. And so for me, there was there was a, a bittersweet moment. Of, you know, it's like, whoa, right before Father's Day. Uh, Hannah gets to share that amazing blessing of, hey, we have another shot. And that was exciting. But then there's also that realness of, well, we have another shot for disappointment again. You have anything else to add? We found out in the summer, like he said, and I felt pretty much everything that he was feeling, you know, like excited but terrified. And um, it was like our busiest time of year because he's a youth pastor. And so there's all these camps, VBS, all these plans. And like we're supposed to be apart most of the summer. And so I think it was the next week. He was supposed to go to a camp and be away from me um, around the time that we had lost the first um, baby. And so um, I was kind of beside myself. I was like, if we do have to go through this again, like, I don't want to be by myself. Um, and at that point, we weren't confident enough to share with anybody the news. We 
we wanted to hold on to it ourselves and um, just kind of wait and see what happened because as excited as we were, we we weren't confident in it, you know. Um, and there was a lot of still, like, even though we were seeking to trust God, there was a lot of, man, let's get as many sonograms as we can, as often as we can, so that we know that the baby's growing and developing. And um, it was definitely like a, a spirit and flesh struggle of, man, I want to trust God in this, but everything in me is saying not to. The playlist that you created, the pain one, do we have that on the on the YouTube for them? So um, I just asked Hannah to just share that for those of you, for whatever it is that you are saying, Lord, I trust you and I'm overcoming disappointment and I need the reminders. I need the songs. The scripture says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, whatever you have to do to have a healthy you know, uh, mindset, but we'll, we'll add that. And what, what was it for you, Hannah? What did you hold on to all the way through that whole pregnancy? What, what did you keep telling yourself? What did you have to say to yourself? What did you have to remind yourself of so that you could make it all the way through? Definitely that the Lord was in control. I mean, and that control for me was just an illusion. Even if I thought I could control something, I couldn't. You know, like no matter what I did, we could still lose a baby or we could go full term or, you know, it was in God's hands. Um, a verse that I told Pastor Dennis about yesterday that stuck with me even from um, when I was 17 and going through Lyme disease treatment um, is in Second Corinthians, it talks about how our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day as we look to the things that are eternal. And so um, really looking to eternity um, and remembering that no matter what happens on this earth, my hope is secure in Jesus. Amen, yeah. Yeah. Well, these two are going to be around for prayer, more questions. Um, wherever you are with whatever it is, uh, we want to pray that the season of disappointment is over. Yes. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to pray into that. Let's pray into that. And as we do that, we'll have the team come and prepare to sing over us. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you that you call yourself the God of hope. <laughs> We're so challenged by that. As we look at and review our very real experiences, our very real trauma, we're challenged 
and at the same time comforted by how you identify yourself. The God of hope. You being one who is the truth, always speaks the truth. We know that you cannot lie. We know that. And because we know that, would you encounter our hearts afresh, O oh God of hope? <laughs> For where we have been led by disappointment and not led by your spirit would you encounter our hearts afresh would you renew our confidence in who you are your ability your plan as we look to you our God of hope that we would be a people who grieve, who lament, who are honest, who say, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. And it hurts. And in the same breath, be able to say, but blessed is the name of the Lord. Blessed is your name. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to a moment where the season of disappointment ends now. Where we surrender our hearts to you and we say, Lord, be my hope. For every ordained purpose that you have for every single person in this room, wherever we have been shipwrecked, wherever we have been thrown off course, we thank you for the guidance of your spirit that puts us on the right path of trusting you again. So we surrender these relationships to you. We surrender these marriages. We surrender the friendships. We surrender our bodies to you. We surrender our sexuality to you. We surrender it all to you. All to you. And we say, Lord, you are now our hope. We won't put our hope in circumstances. We will keep our hope in you. Where hopelessness has soiled or dirtied our expectation, we speak in the name of Jesus, be gone, be exposed, be removed. We thank you, Lord, that we will try again in keeping our eyes on you.
O God of hope, that when the voice of doubt is asking us questions or accusing us, we will bless your name, O God of hope, who causes us to overcome. Thanks for letting us come do this, um, Dennis. Um, we didn't get to get into Judah's story, um, but we we would love to answer any questions. But something that I just wanted to share is, um, man, we were we were walking through a season of disappointment for two years. Um, we lost our first child December 6, twenty nineteen. Um, and, and Judah was supposed to be born February 26, 2022. And due to God intervening, um, our redemption, and God brought redemption in a, a disappointing season of Judah was born December 6, 2021. And there were complications with that. Um, which we would love to, to talk with that afterwards if you guys like. And it was hard in those moments as we were leading up to Judah's birth to be okay. But something that just kept going on in my mind is God orchestrated that. He said, I saw your pain two years ago. I know it hurt but he's going to give way to something even better. And I'm reminded in Scripture constantly of, of there are people that were in seasons of disappointment. And every single one of those stories, God came through. And something that God put just on my heart during that is if God, if, if there is room in the story for them, there's room in the story for you. I don't know what disappointment you're going through. I don't know what struggle you're going through. And I don't have an end time for that. But what I do know is God's going to come through. And, and we got to see one in real life of God saying, I saw you and I heard you. Trust me, I'm going to take care of you. Amen. Thank you guys for being with us.